This audio is brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton, originally airing on SiriusXM. You're listening to Dollars and Change on Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School. Welcome back to Dollars and Change on Sirius XM 132, Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School. I'm Nick Ashburn. And I'm Sandy Hunt. And Sandy, Stop. as soon as we were going on the air, like I had just this big grin on my face because she knew I was going to call her out on something. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what but you're going right, to say though yet. Right before we came on the air, folks, Sandy was like, is there a game on tonight? I just see a lot of jerseys on outside. And I was like, yeah, it's the first real game of the season and she was like go birds i did yeah i didn't know but i knew it was football season we are moving on to our next guest brandon krieg who is the ceo and co-founder of stash the financial platform revolutionizing the way millions of americans save and invest for their future and sandy i know you're particularly excited about this i love personal finance very excited to have you brandon i'm very excited to be here with both of you and thanks for having me it's great okay tell us about the problem why you know why do companies need like stash need to be created what's the state of personal finance in let's say the u.s to start oh gosh uh, the problem is so big it, it's so massive and we we my co-founder eddie and i found out about the problem actually not talking to people that needed to to have their problem solved but by speaking to people that were affluent wealthy uh executives in finance. Hmm. And a lot of those people that we were talking to were asking us questions about where they should invest their money. Stop it. It was, it was really interesting. And, and when we, we started really thinking about it, and we said, okay, if people that have money and even work in finance are asking questions about investing and saving, right. then let's go talk to everybody Isn't, else. And yeah. so we, we, we found out that uh, you know, just the target of customers that Stash uh, is looking after uh, we estimate is about 109 million people in America. And and what is and that are, consumer demographic? So What's... those are those are people that have less than a hundred thousand dollars. Okay. Currently, they're not investing. Okay. Unfortunately, most of them have no savings. They uh, pay way too much money in banking fees. They don't have insurance. And the the one common theme that that all of this kind of wraps it up is that they they want to do all these things. They feel like they're excluded from it, or they feel like they have to be rich, or they have to do it later in life. And that's why Stash was born, is that we could create a platform that, that can solve these financial problems for, for the masses, but make it personalized and give everybody kind of the experience they need to start investing, to start saving for retirement, or to you know do lots of different things wrapped around education and learning and understanding what you're doing. And so, Brandon, I'm struck by your background. Um, can you give our listeners a little bit more context as to where you're coming from with Stash? Yeah, I'm, my background is uh, almost the opposite of the consumer background that I now have in Stash. So I started, uh, I was uh, on the founding team of a company called EdgeTrade, which started in 1998. And it was uh, one of the first electronic trading businesses uh, in the U.S. So this is at a time when you know, if you watch some of the old Wall Street movies, you still saw the people on the exchange floors yelling and screaming at each other. Rah, 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 rah. I've got this ticket in my hand, and I'm yelling, and I'm really important. Yeah, and I and I hated that. <laughs> and I was like, that's not fair. It's not. How is it fair that the bigger you are or the louder you are, the you know the more important you are on an exchange? I said, computers do that better, and computers are more efficient, and computers can bring fa- 
fairness, and that and that was really important to us. And so we we worked on that uh, on on the business for for years until 2007, and we sold the company to a company called Knight Capital. And yeah, I stayed there for another six years, and then after I left, I I took some time off when I had my first daughter, and and just thought about you know my life and my career, and decided that. I wanted to give it one more try in electronic trading. This is why I ended up at a bank. And and that's where the the idea, you know, that Eddie and I, that's where we met, my co-founder and I, that we wanted to leave and go figure out how to do something new and innovative in personal finance and, and be it in direct-to-consumer. So tell us, you know, when you're talking about the, the population that's, that Stash targets, you say this is something they want to be doing. Well, why why aren't they? Why weren't they? You know, when when we went up and we started asking people questions about investing, you know, and that's kind of where we started uh, Stash. And the the first question I'd always ask someone is, "Do you invest and do you save?" And almost every single time, the answer that would come back would be. You know, I really want to do it. I just don't understand it. It's mm-hmm. so confusing. Or, you know, I can't relate to it. And then we'd also keep hearing, I, I know I need to do it, and I, I'll, I'll do it when I'm rich. And if we ask the question of what does that mean, what does rich mean to you, mm-hmm. almost nobody could answer the question. So, you know, you, you think about it and, it, and it makes sense. It makes sense to me more than, than ever now is that we are facing a financial uh, education epidemic. You know, this yep. financial education is not being taught in school anymore. And unfortunately, most parents aren't teaching it at home. And then, you know, if you look at the financial services industry, you know, the, there's still really high minimums, high monthly fees. You know, there's not a lot of transparency. There's not a lot of trust. So all of these things really play into, you know, festering the problem. Yeah. So, so Brandon, I'm quite... You're hitting a nerve for me for sure. And I think Sandy, like she, I said at the opening part of the segment, she's excited about personal finance. But I think you're right. I mean, we talk, we've talked on this show before around uh, the lack of financial literacy being mm-hmm. taught or actually having financial literacy. It, there's a professor here, Sandy, I think that focuses on financial literacy. I can't remember uh, which which professor it is, but Olivia Mitchell, maybe? Olivia Mitchell does. Olivia yep. Mitchell. She does a lot around retirement research. Yeah. And I'm also struck. So that's one piece. And I guess where I, I was just going to give my own personal flavor to this. So I had a class that we all fluffed off in high school. It was a graduation requirement. It was called consumer education. Sounds like a great name. And you know what? It was a fantastic class that I wish I would have paid more attention to. The personal finance class? <laughs> it, pretty much. I mean, it was like I, my, my friend at, <laughs> and I used to mock our teacher, who was great, by the way. Um, and she, she, there was a quote on the board. It said, liquidity is great. Liquidity is great. But at the time I was just a, you know, 17 year old who right. was like, mm, I'm taking this class to graduate. Well, and the crazy thing is how many 17 year olds set themselves up for a tidal wave of student loan. Like you make decisions at 17 uh, that really, raised, you know, shape, shape your, the trajectory of your mm-hmm. financial future. Cause it takes a long time to dig out of that. So I guess, you know, Brandon, where does... Where does stash start in that, like, you know, life cycle of someone's relationship with finance? So, you know, we're big believers in STEM. And so, you know, if you think about huh, how is finance you teach, under STEM, 
math. Yeah, and math, if you, yeah. If, you, Science, if, you teach, you know, if you teach something and tell someone, okay, here's the deal. You're going to start investing and you're going to go out and get you know, term life insurance. So here's what you're going to do. You're going to read this 250-page book and then maybe we'll figure it out after the fact. And as soon as you say term life insurance, I'm immediately thinking of like the commercials that are on when I was homesick watching The Price is Right (laughs) targeted at my grandmother and not me. Right. Like, I mean, that's what we think of, whether that's right or not. But I think that's the the essence of it. Yeah. And we should we should we should speak about that also today, because that's really, really important to a lot of people in America. But and, and they don't realize it yet. But, you know, you know, I think. That, that, that concept of STEM, how it comes in, is that with STASH, I want you to learn as you do. And so what we've done, what we did, is we dropped the minimum to start investing on STASH to $5 so that the, 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 the rationale of I have to be rich to start, we've removed that mental block. And now you don't need to just read the book, but you could actually learn on STASH as you're doing it. And one of the things that we built on STASH is something we, lo- we love called the stash coach and the stash coach is there to give you advice and guidance because you know it, it's not it, it would be totally unrealistic for us to think that we could get you know now we have over two and a half million clients to get you know two and a half million people in two years to start investing in saving and just drop them in this app and then leave them that that wouldn't work so what we do is through our in-house education and content team along with our platform, as you're investing and as you're doing the things that are really important, like dollar cost averaging and diversification and taking advice about opening accounts for your children and and different things like that, you're also getting education that we completely changed the way we write about finance. Finance typically is incredibly boring and mundane. You know, we hired uh, educators onto our team and we're writing about these things in a totally new way so that people can actually understand it and relate to it. And what part of someone's financial world is covered by Stash? So, you know, is it is it investments? Is it management of assets? Is it, you know, you've got these apps like Mint and Every Dollar that are helping individuals with budgeting. You know, what's the scope of Stash? Sure. Uh, we started... Uh, like I said, we started with investing. And once we started with investing, we started getting feedback from our clients. And my goodness, the feedback was coming in hot and fast and still is. And the feedback is really related to the problems that people are having. So as a, as a startup founder, an entrepreneur, I don't want to solve a problem if it's not a real problem. Because there's, you know, as, you know, as a startup, we have a limited amount of capital and time. Probably more time is a problem than capital. And so we started asking questions, okay, what should we do next? And the second thing that we did after uh, education, investing, and advice was retirement. Because what we learned is that our clients have this kind of real, this kind of thought process that either to go out and get a new uh, retirement account, you have to come up with a lot of money, high minimums, which is unfortunately the case for most platforms. After that, we, lo- we rolled out a custodial uh, trade uh, investment mm-hmm. platform, which is meant for kids, because a lot of parents were coming to us saying, hey, I'm, I want to invest for my children, or I want to put my kids' allowance away, or I want to open an account to save for college now, or, or, or something for my children. And that, you know, also kind of fits into the, 
the same ethos of helping people get started and helping people on that journey. You know, after that, you know, one of the things that we built after we, you know, we're always iterating and making things better is we uh, went out and looked at insurance problems that our clients are having. And so we, we did some partnerships with uh, a term life insurance uh, provider and a property and casualty insurance provider, which, which I loved your analogy about the prices right before, by the way, great show. <laughs> and, you know, I, I, and you think about people that, you know, maybe look at those commercials and go, why, why in the world would I ever get life insurance? But then if you take it back to like real, real world America and you think about, you know, the, the amazing family that's, you know, somewhere in this country that let's say their household income is uh, $50,000, which is pretty, pretty on par with America right now. Mm-hmm. And someone, one of, you know, they're both working to make sure that they have their rent paid and, and everything. And one of the, you know, the husband dies. And w- what happens now? You know, how do they pay for a funeral? How do they pay? How does the, the, the spouse keep the house running? Mm-hmm. You know, just, it's just, it's just, it becomes, honestly, it becomes a hot mess real quick. And, you know, we want people to get insurance and you don't have to have a lot of money to get life insurance right. anymore. Especially when you're, you know, younger, like the caricature you just described was not a 85-year-old. It was a 30-year-old um, who might be otherwise fairly healthy. Yeah, exactly. I just think, unfortunately, I think in most cases, the life insurance industry, you know, still frames, uh, hopefully you find this funny, but I, I sure do, is that the life insurance industry puts up those commercials that you probably saw in The Price is Right with uh, a white family with a white picket fence and maybe uh, a Labrador retriever in the, mm-hmm. in the yard. Mm-hmm. And that's just not the reality also for most people in America. Right, right. So, so to look at a commercial and go like, is that a product for me? It doesn't look right. anything like me. It doesn't look like they're trying to sell a product to me. Um, you can you know, psychologically opt yourself out of that very, very quickly. Again, because you can't relate to it, and that's just, it, and you, you write it off. And then, you know, as, as we proceed, you know, proceeded down our journey, one of the things that we realized, which is a really, really big problem, is that, well, one, I want to stash, we want to be at the center of our clients' financial lives. And we started asking our clients questions about bank banking. And we, we quickly realized that we wanted to launch banking services for, for a lot of reasons. One, we wanted to help get rid of all the fees, the high fees. So overdraft fees in America right now is a close to uh, north of $15 billion revenue stream for the top no. bank. That's not the wealthy paying it. That's the non-wealthy paying it. And that makes us really upset. And we see that in our, in our data at Stash. Repeat that number. And north of $15 billion. Yeah. It's, it's been, I, I think I'm being conservative in the number. Wow. So, um, so Stash is, is a digital product, right? That's part of the efficiency that it brings. What was it like convincing this consumer population to, to trust, you know, an online, you know, and is it an app as well? I'm assuming everything is these days. Um, an online tool and possibly an app as as a, as a financial services, you know, institution and as a trustworthy place, especially folks who aren't of the millennial or Gen Z um, generations and weren't, you know, didn't grow up using technology in that way? Well, that's a great question. To start, the average Dash customer is uh, 29 years old. Okay. So they, they were raised on technology. Yeah. You know, depending also, on their SES. You know, they're, they're on the older spectrum, and I think it's because they're, 
you know, they're they're starting to, you know, get married, have kids, mm-hmm. get promoted at work, things like that, and they they're starting to set themselves up. You know, I think, you know, it's a lot of it's on life stage. I'm trying to um, decrease the barriers to entry for our listeners for engaging in their personal finance and in their lives. You know, Brandon, for let's say this, you know, 30 year old uh, family, you know, p- the parents are 30, you referenced, you know, two kids, got their first big promotion at work kind of thing. How much time per month should, let's say week or month, whichever unit makes more sense for you, should someone be spending managing their money, thinking or doing things with their money? So this 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 uh, question is great, along with the last question about, you know, transparency and trust. And, and, and to answer it, you know, most people, it depends on the role they want to play. Some some of our clients, or most of our clients on average, come to the app at least one time a day. And they come to the app once a day, normally to get uh, a nugget of information, you know, or check their portfolio or, or learn something. And, you know, we find that, you know, different people have a different role. Most of our clients, on average, turn on what we call auto stash. And auto stash makes saving automatic. So it's an so auto- automatic withdrawal? Puts away, yeah, it puts away about $29 a week. And it just runs on its own, and it just keeps on pulling the money in, and it diversifies the money into your portfolio. You know, these are this is, these are examples of you know a tool that you know people really engage with. You know, I think trust and transparency is really what builds up a financial services company, and I think for us, it's it's really about listening to our clients and understanding their problems, and. You know, not trying to invent a problem. There's enough problems out there, and I think it's just about it's just about time and just listening and trusting our clients. And you know, we don't promote active trading. We're not a trading app, so I want them to be long-term investors. So, what is it? Is it an hour a week? Uh, no, I think it's it's a few minutes a day. Okay, not an hour a week. So minutes a day. So, okay, so so a few minutes a day. Let's say ten. It's a little over, yeah, a little over an hour a week, um, and I think it's, it, you know, for me, it's helpful to share that information because I do think one of the psychological barriers to entry is I don't have time, you know, to become an expert. I don't have time to engage in this process. But if you downloaded one of those little apps that showed you where you spent time on your phone, I think you can find a couple of minutes a day quite quickly just by, you know, tucking Instagram into a different folder on your phone and putting your you know, whatever your financial management uh, app of choice is on your front screen. Yeah, I, I agree. I think everybody, again, everybody, you know, treats this a little differently. You know, some people come to Stash and say, you know, I just want to save for retirement and I just want to turn it on automatic and I'm not going to come back and look at it at all. Mm-hmm. Keep it on for 20 years and I'll, I'll see you in 20 years. And if, if that's what you need to do, then I'm great with that because at the end of the day, it's your money, which is very, very powerful. And so we, we think a lot about you know, making sure that, again, everybody gets their own personalized experience for, for what they need and for, for, for how they want to engage in their financial life. It's up to us to provide the platform and the guidance and advice to give them the ability to do what they need to do. You're listening to Dollars and Change on Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School, and we're speaking with Brandon Krieg, who is the CEO and co-founder of Stash, a personal finance app. And we're talking about um, how you can sort of engage in investing, uh, really put away for savings in a pretty easy way. And one of the things, uh, Brandon, that I'm 
I, I said there were two things earlier. One was just sort of financial literacy earlier, and I went on my rant and, and lament that I didn't pay more attention to consumer ed. The other thing, though, is this the, are the fees. Mm-hmm. Like, it drives me batty. Now, overdraft fees are a whole nother can of worms, but just in general fees, when I'm like, why are you charging me to access my money? Like, you are mm-hmm. lending it out, you're getting interest on those loans, and you're actually using my deposits to do that. Why are you charging me any money? Um, fortunately, my bank, I don't have to do that, but that w- that has been a pain point for me in the past. So when you think about um, your demographics, one of the things that I was struck by was Stash waives its fee on retirement accounts for anyone under age 25. Why is that? I, I We want people to start saving for retirement. It's really <laughs> important to us. I just, I don't want a fee to get in the way of it. Now, you know, at the end of the day, I have to, there, there's, Wall Street is a funny thing. And there's, there's, there's a high expense burden that we have to pay for compliance and legal and engineering. And I have to pay their salaries, right? right? I have to. And so, you know, you can make money in a super transparent way, or you can make money off of trading in other ways. I choose to do it the super transparent way. So, you know, I, I, I think it's important to put your fees out there. Now, you know, conversely, I, I love that you brought up fees. There's, you know, we had a fee meeting yesterday talking about, you know, the, our clients' data in regards to fees. About 30% of our clients pay $75 a month, a month, in banking fees. Mm-hmm. And imagine if that's that was insane. in retirement savings. Oh. That's insane. It's just not even, it's not right. Because if you took that money, right, exactly, put it in retirement, it literally changes the game for most people yeah. with the power of compounding. Secondly, they shouldn't be paying fees. So, like, you know, there's a structural problem in the U.S. right now, maybe even globally. You know, the big, big incumbent banks, why can't they get rid of fees? And everyone's talking about the digital, you know, innovation, you know, disruption curve that's happening and all the change that's coming. Anyone can write software to build a digital bank, but can you change your core business model? I, I agree with you. I don't think that anyone should pay fees because there's all these ancillary things they do with the money. Well, and yeah, I mean, like, I'm not 100% anti-fee. Like, I hope that you can make money to run your business. But you know, like, yeah, these the the lack of transparency, the the fees that are tacked on that allows these other ancillary services that I'm not taking advantage of. Yeah, that mm-hmm. that's <laughs> end rant for me. But that's exactly where it comes from. So I guess in the next couple of minutes, as we as we wrap up this segment. Um, you know, it sounds like for you guys, obviously, customer acquisition and growth is a, is what the future holds. But, you know, you had a fee meeting yesterday. You're really taking feedback from the market and looking at data to drive your platform. So what are you most excited about? What's in the next six to 12 months for Stash? Uh, just we're most excited about getting more people off the sidelines and getting people to start really thinking about their finances. And, you know, you know, Two-thirds of people of the millennial population in America has no retirement savings. And, and millennials, we're getting old as millennials. Like that, you know, do not think about teenagers when you hear that number. Like millennials are now, what, 35 to 29 or something, 25? Yeah. Like it's – these are not young kids. Two-thirds of, of millennials not having retirement savings is a big, big deal. Uh, it's a really big deal. And so I'm most excited about – about all the different products we're rolling out and just continuing to get people off the sidelines and get people to think about about their money and their financial futures. And I think that everybody should have a really brilliant and, and, and amazing financial future so that they could focus on the 
the things that are really important, like, you know, their careers, their families, whatever, whatever, whatever floats your boat. For me, it's just about getting people to, to, to sort themselves out and look forward. People don't do that enough. And, and that's something that we found. You could actually build a really great business and help people at the same time. It's really cool. Well, that is a great way to end this segment because that's the whole point of Dollars and Change is how do you create a great business and help people? So thanks so much, Brandon, for joining us. We've been speaking with Brandon Krieg, CEO and co-founder of Stash. This is Dollars and Change on Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School, and we'll be right back. For more guest interviews, check out our Wharton Business Radio Highlights podcast on iTunes and Google Play. 